Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard podcast. This is the podcast where we consider beach views crowded with men in suits, underfed, red-sweated children looking wistfully over crumbling bridges and a one-eared donkeys against solid blue skies, as we attempt to understand the memories, meanings and stories held by picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson. Today I'm delighted to say my guests are two comedians, Sook Hodgler and Marek Larwood. Marek and Sook, hello and welcome. Pleasure to be here. Hello, thank you for having us and thank you for getting my name right. Well, I do my best. Uh, Sue Codulet is a comedian, actor and writer. Uh, you'll know her from many things. Uh, appearances on the BBC Asian Network comedy showcases, the BBC One sitcom Hospital People, the feature film Victoria and Abdul, Black Mirror, EastEnders and her play PR, actually. Yeah. Uh, it was a tale of love and missed opportunities, uh, written and starring Sook, and that toured the UK in 2017 and 2018. And her new show, For Sook's Sake, explores mental health, identity, living a double life, um, and the search for happiness. And For Sook's Sake will be her show at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, it may be all over by now. Um, and this show is, by a strange coincidence, directed, I might add, by Marek Larwood. And Sook comes to us with an LS7 postmark. That's right. Leeds in Yorkshire. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. That's where I was born and that's where I lived for the first four years of my life. And also the place where my parents moved to when they moved from Punjab in North India. So has a place in your heart still? Absolutely, yes. I, I am... Um, I still don't wear a big coat in the winter, <laughs> like everybody from Yorkshire, and uh, I refuse to pay £5 for a pint. So, yeah, despite sounding like this, I like to think I'm very Leeds. Very good. And I said, do you still send postcards? I don't. I think I quite like, like a lot of mail, I like receiving it, but I'm too lazy to send it. What does that say about you? <laughs> I'm incredibly lazy and self-centred, like a very typical only child. Um... No, and also I think, like, culturally, we we never, like, a lot of Asian people of my generation didn't go on holidays. We went to visit our families. Right. So we did Almost we, a commitment. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, um, in actual fact, my parents have never had a holiday where it wasn't, um, or we're going to meet family or it's a wedding or it's a big celebration. So I'm taking them on their first proper 
as I like to call it, holiday next year. Are you? What's the plan? Well, we're just going to Spain, so I've broken them in gently. um, And I've told them almost a year in advance so that my mum can get all of her um, anxious questions about it out the way, like what do they eat and will I fit in? I'm sure they'll have exactly the same good time that everyone else has. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, you will almost certainly have seen Marek Larwood. Um, You'll have seen him in Extras, uh, the sci-fi sitcom Hyperdrive, uh, on CBBC in Sorry I've Got No Head. Um, Marek was, I think, him in Laura, Ben and Him, is that right? That's right, yes. And, um, And he was part of We Are Clang. He was an impractical joker. Um, and most recently, you've probably seen him in Celebability. Yeah. And Marek is a comedian who can say a great deal with a look. Yeah, well, my eyes pop out quite far. <laughs> it's great for radio. What you're trying to poli- politely say is a guy with a very odd face. <laughs> and Marek comes to us today with a PO35 postmark. Yes, this is the uh, postcode from when I, where I grew up on the Isle of Wight in Benbridge. Um, which is on the eastern tip of the Isle of Wight. A beautiful place which you hate until you leave. Why's that? (laughs) Because I think it's it's just full of uh, pensioners, really. I always say Bemidge is where people go to die um, because it's just full of old people's homes and that's it. But um, now when I go back there, I quite like it. I went went back very recently. This was for a big walk around the island you did? Well, for my birth, I always wanted to um, walk around the Isle of Wight. I always felt I should do it, and I've got into walking lately as, as one of my hobbies for uh, in, in my 40s. <laughs> as I've sort of stopped doing proper sport and gone into walking. And I thought I'd try and walk around the Isle of Wight. And I didn't really plan it that well. I just booked a couple of B&Bs, and it was over 70 miles, and it took me five days. Wow. And was exhausting. I made a video to it like I do it of everything I um uh, every task I do. So um yeah, it was great. But um So were you on the coastal path all the time? The coastal path, which the first part isn't even on the coast, it's right. just cuts in and it's just going through slightly shabby estates <laughs> on the <laughs> northeast of the Isle of Wight. You're really selling it to me. <laughs> but the um so, uh, the south coast is abs- absolutely remarkable, beautiful. But it was very windy on some of the days, and I was quite close to the cliff edge. So, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm a little bit uh, scared of heights. So it, it was moderately stressful. Oh well, I'm glad you made it safely. Now, what was the last time you sent a postcard? Well, this uh, happens to be uh, the last time was a postcard I sent. I've got it here in front of me from West White, which I sent to my girlfriend, which shows uh, some of the many beautiful sights you can encounter when you go on a walk around the Isle of Wight. Um, oh, this is a multi-view par excellence, isn't it? Because you've got, how many are there? 8, 10, 12, 13 images? And that's just West White. <laughs> Imagine if it was the whole of the Isle of Wight. You'd need about eight postcards. <laughs> You'd need a monster letterbox. Um, yeah, so I sent to, I always send a sort of quite crappy, romantic card to my girlfriend. And this was saying, I, I think I said this one, I'm going to build, that, that none of the uh, sites were as beautiful as her. And I was going to make a statue of her out of toilet roll. Oh, it was good for a while. Mm. I always like to do that uh, at the end, ruin everything at the end. (laughs) That is um, something I do in my life. And uh, (laughs) uh, a slightly boring point about postcards. Yes. This is published by um, WJ Nye and Sons. Yes. Who are now Britain's longest-running 
publishers of postcards oh, that, really? that are still exist in existence today. Yeah, so um, bravo to, to Nye and Sons, I say. I feel really strongly about being from a sort of tourist area and working uh, uh, at rubbish jobs in the Isle of Wight. That I always buy postcards and send postcards every holiday because I realise that. These people in these terrible tourist shops need this postcard yeah. income yeah. to mm. feed their children. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, they would all die. <laughs> right. Can I just can I just make this clear? I do buy postcards. I just don't send them. That's so a, I still that's buy That's the postcards. best bit about sending a postcard. Every holiday, I always send one to my mum, annoying uh, my brother's family and my nan, because it mm. means it saves you having to call them up. Right, which would be quicker. That counts as one telephone call, okay. which can last up to like 25 minutes and soon becomes like just hearing stories about people who've died, you yes. know, they ones. Yeah, yeah. Just send a postcard and then you feel... And it also, it makes... Documenting things makes me feel like I'm alive. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's Try a, it. It's a day's writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been creative today. Well, more than that. One postcard counts as a day, I think. <laughs> Well, very good. Before we discover more cards um, that Circa America brought along, um, I'll give you one of mine. And this is, of course, is a postcard from the past card, like I do on Twitter, at past postcard. An old card from which I've selected just a part of the message. So this one made me laugh. It, it, even the, mess, the, uh, the, the description on the front, it sounds like a rock band, doesn't it? Mm. Chroma, Sheringham and the Runtons. Or like a Dickensian law firm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yes. They've been, in, they've been in the same case for 40 years. <laughs> um, a multi-view, really almost abstract in the, the sort of brown and green of the beach scene and the cliff scenes of Norfolk. And um, the message just had a certain something. Um, it's a very beautiful place small and select, and smells of wealth. I thought that's a good message. What is the smell of wealth? I don't know. I think it's like bergamot and privilege. Mm. Cologne? Yeah. Leather car seats? I don't know. Pipes, I always think of pipes. Yeah. Pipes and sort of meat. Yeah. <laughs> fine meat. Yeah, yeah, fine meat. Fine, fine meat. When you go to your next walk um, round Norfolk, you can you can sniff and see what you get hold yeah. of. See, that's what I, I Norfolk's beautiful as well. So I'm originally from Norfolk. I was born in Norfolk. Oh well. So this is very coincidental. What does it smell of? Um, uh, eels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe that's what it goes on to say. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> Try another one because that was uh, so confusing for all of us. This is um, well, this is a, a, a John Hind card, um, a famous publisher of postcards, and it's a, a picture of uh, Cornwall. Mm. Um, and in fact, on the back, they're usefully these kind cards. They, they show you where Cornwall is in case you don't know, which is good. <laughs> and um, you probably know these Hind cards. They're famous for having kids with red jumpers and things. And yes, so very yeah. good. Beautiful picture. Really, really beautiful picture. Very wholesome. Um, and the message I took from here, I thought, had a kind of offhand kind of interest to it. He says, um, today we are going to look at where King Arthur was or something. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what the handwriting was. Is it a child's handwriting, which would explain it, or is it someone... Yeah, this uh, one is a bit childish. I was going to say it could be someone with dementia. And then we'll yeah. make it very sad in that case. In which case we shouldn't be laughing at it at all. Yeah. I'll put that one away. <laughs> <laughs> on that happy note, uh, just to let you know at home, uh, images of all the cards we discussed today are on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk. Uh, someone will be featuring on Marek's website as well. Um, you can investigate for yourself and see we're not making it up. Now, 
Uh, Marek and Silk, you've been kind enough to come onto the studio with um, cards clutched in your hands. Uh, Silk, let's start with you. What's the first card you've got for us? Um, it's a postcard that I bought for myself from the Turner Gallery, and it is, is it Rodan? Is this is the Turner in, in Margate? Yes. Is that, is that right? Oh, very good. Lovely place. Oh, no, sorry. I take it back. The Tate in London. Oh, the Tate? Yeah. It says Turner Contemporary in the back, but then maybe it's, maybe it was put out by the Tate. Who knows? I don't remember A lot of people it. get those galleries confused. Yeah. I do like the one in Margate, though. It's lovely. Mm, very nice. Um... But I bought this. Sorry, it's the kiss, by the way, by Rodan. I bought this because um, I've got a vision board, and I've had a vision board for years. And sometimes I forget about it, or you know, it just gets a bit dusty, and I shove it into a um, a cupboard somewhere. Mainly when my visions aren't coming to life. Um, but I. So this it... is this a vision board means what exactly? Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm just assuming that everybody's a hippie like me and likes to. <laughs> burn incense and sage themselves before they leave the house. Um, so a vision board is um, a board. It can be, um, it can actually be, it can be online. It can be like a Pinterest oh, yeah. or something, or it can be an actual physical board, which is what I have. It's just a cork board that I've got where I um, pin things that I would like to bring into my life. So at the oh, moment... So you're summoning up what you want. Yes, I'm conjuring yeah, yeah, yeah. things that I want. So um, currently it's got lots of postcards and pictures that I've cut out from magazines um, of houses by the sea. And um, this is one that's been on there for a while to kind of attract love into my life. And um, I'd like to say it's been effective, Tom, but it hasn't. Oh. <laughs> do, do you think taking it down off the board today might have caused a problem? No, because it, it's been up there for years, and it's it's not maybe. Maybe I'm this take, is the refresh it needs. Yeah, maybe I need to kind of take the pressure off. This a bit like card. a bit like when your computer goes wrong and you switch it off and on again. Yeah, maybe that will. Maybe this will bring love into my life. Yeah, the kiss is a bit much. Maybe you should just start off with a handshake or you know, <laughs> a, a cup of coffee, a friendly <laughs> look, the glance across the platform. I was aiming quite high, wasn't I? Really, well, it's a well, very passionate kiss that yeah. Rodan presents. Say, things could have got a lot saucier. <laughs> Those postcards are quite hard to get hold of nowadays. <laughs> so you, did you see this in an exhibition or did you just see the card? No, I just see the card. I love a gift shop. Um, I never go in the gift shop first because I think that's rude. Cheating. Um, so I always always make myself, even if it's a museum or a gallery I've been in um, a lot uh, or like, you know, I frequent like the National or whatever. Um, yeah, but I always like to go um, through the gift card. And also like... I all like on school trips. I always used to buy postcards rather than pencils or, you know, pleather bookmarks or whatever they were. You idiot! <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got nothing to write with. I've got nothing. I've just got postcards, <laughs> reams and reams of postcards because they were kind of affordable, and we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So there but, is something legitimate about buying a postcard as well, anyhow, because that's what you've been looking at. Yeah. You haven't been looking at pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marek. Well, the Keswick Pencil Museum. <laughs> is it Keswick? Yes, it, you've, you've trumped me. <laughs> but I'd buy a postcard of the, of the pencil. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well, no, but I think that's interesting. We've not had this idea that you're using cards to, uh, to for black magic purposes. Yes, yes. Um, and also... Um, I mean, I've got, I've got quite a few postcards at home, but I don't really know what to do with them. Like, how do I display them? Do I display them as photos? Or that doesn't really, you know, it's not really enough to have a collection. I think the cork board's a great idea. I've got a cork board above my desk I put postcards on. Yeah. 
Lovely. Maybe it's a mood board. I've inadvertently made Created my own my own mood board. Vision board. Vision board. Yeah. Well, it could be a mood board. It could be a mood board. That's if you want. That's more of an interior design thing. Oh right, maybe I'm doing that then. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's not unusual for writers of all kinds to to because they're convenient yeah. and they're visual and they kind of are often a little bit. Well, that's fairly clear what's going on there. But sometimes they're a bit sort of. Um, What's the word? They have many meanings. Yes. Um, I think a lot of writers have them kind of around their desk. Yeah. Why is that unusual? I think. But less so that it's to summon up um, their future. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Very good. Well, I hope that once it's replaced and has a pinhole through it again, it will, <laughs> it will do its job. What would you have on yours? Your, your, your vision, vision board? board. What a question. Yeah. Didn't like that, did you? No. <laughs> no. I do the questions, thank you very much, Mr Larwood. <laughs> Moving on, Merrick. <laughs> we we already snuck one of your cards in, but what's the first proper card you've got for us? This is a postcard uh, of Aretha Franklin, not the actual Aretha Franklin, a wax model of her at the, uh, from the Rock Circus. And I was given this postcard. I thought this <laughs> is juxtaposed quite nicely with the message on the back which is... Um, shall I read that out? Yeah, please. Uh, Marek, congrats on the stellar performance. I hope you enjoy this book about the Nazis, written in capital letters, oh. Simon. <laughs> OK. So I think I just, this requires a lot of explanation. Yes, a lot going on there. So this is from someone called Simon Bird, who people might know is the guy who, who wears the bespectacled man from The Inbetweeners, who also is a very good writer and director and comedy performer. Anyway, this is about from about four years ago. And the very first play I did, um, things were going really badly for me at the time. My agent was doing another job in Dubai. (laughs) (laughs) And I wasn't getting any auditions. uh, And I was thinking, oh, should I give up on? And I got this audition to do a play. And when you get auditions, you get sent the whole play. I think it was the next day. Mm. And... Everyone always just you go through and read the lines that you've got first of, of all, course. of course, and not and they, you go in and say, "Well, did you enjoy the play?" And you think, <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I, oh, I absolutely loved it. It was so riveting all the way through, and I, I, I really hope you don't ask me any more questions. Um, so I auditioned for this play. This was going to the Manchester International Festival, and uh, because I didn't really have any work, and I thought I won't get this. And I tried out a couple of parts, and then my agent um, emailed me from Dubai to say, "Oh, you've got, <laughs> you've got the part in this play," and I thought, "Oh, great! There's about twelve parts in it. I won't have to do that much. About twenty lines, rock up, do a bit, go home." Mm. And I said, "Who are the other people in it?" And they said to the other, uh, the other actors, and there were only three. And I said, "What do you mean? There's only." three other actors. So they all play the lead parts and you play all the other <laughs> nine characters. And I was like, what? And I remember reading, I needed the money, so I had to do it. And I remember reading through it and almost crying that my brain <laughs> was not capable of remembering so many lines. And I had to literally put it on my, an iPod and listen to it every day for about a month constantly because my brain was incapable of taking that information in. I think about plays, the comic performances I've done before have always been where you can just mess up. When you're doing stand-up, you can just mess up, right. you know, mm. and just do cover. Or I was in a sketch group called We Are Clang. We would just make up stuff. When it went wrong, it was actually better. Yeah. And this, when you do a play, you literally, if you get the lines wrong, it's like 
handing a bucket of excrement to the other actor and going, all right, do you want to deal with that, mate, yeah, in front of yeah, all these people? Yeah, yeah. So it was a terrifying experience. I think the player was all right. I think I did quite a good job on it. Anyway, Simon's very kind. Um, uh, uh, it was his first play as well, so we're both quite stressed about it. And he bought me a book at the end of it. And I don't know what it was, a book called HHHH. I think it was a book about um, oh, the assassination yeah. of Heydrich, I think it was. I right. Think. Um, so it looks as though, but to read it, you would think, and to look at me, you would think that I was <laughs> a, a far right, a far right yes. Yeah. yes, well, it, but it's actually, a, a, but I think it was quite. So a nice a nice, it was a history book. It was, a, yeah, it was a novel based on. Oh, the, novel, okay. On the assassination, and I lost it on the train. I'm sorry, Simon. Oh. I read about. So, I don't know if you ever got assassinated. He oh, did, you did. He did. He did get assassinated. <laughs> But there's, I'm still, you know, there's still kind of resonances on this because one side you've got uh, Simon offering you the book about the Nazis, on the other side you have a waxwork of Aretha Franklin. How does that tie together? I think he probably thought it was quite funny yeah. to give me a book about the Nazis with the probably <laughs> really inappropriate. <laughs> it's certainly hard to find a resolve between those. I think. Yeah. But that, I mean, what, what a nice pitch! And the, the, the Rock Circus, as you probably know, was this Madame Tussauds spin-off at Piccadilly Circus in what do they call it? The Trocadero, that place. Yeah, oh. I think it's upstairs at the tro- Trocadero. Is it still it, there? When did it close? No, it? Probably closed at least ten years ago. Did oh. you go? Yeah, I did. I did. I'm fond of waxworks. The... It wasn't big, but it was, all, and it was all these figures. And of course, you'd hear the music playing and so on. Mm. And um, but it was a, it was a bit difficult because. Music is very sort of fashion-related and the, the latest groups are always very fashionable and waxworks are kind of a bit unfashionable, so it didn't really marry very well. But I think it was aimed at the American tourists, of course. Yeah, there, uh, there's the Wax Museum on the Isle of Wight, which closed down, which was one of the... Braiding? Great, yeah, it's not there anymore. It's no, now it's yeah. a hair studio. Was, oh. I walked oh. past it the other day when I was looking for red squirrels in the local area. Yes. And um, I was... But the Wax Museum, uh, that Wax Museum was brilliant because... It was terrifying because yeah. all the actual um, uh, uh, models were slight. It's as if, you know, when they do those um, archaic sort of uh, before human medicine was developed and they drew drawings of people where yeah. all, the feet, all the bodies were slightly. <laughs> <laughs> the heads were slightly the wrong size yeah. and everything. But that made it all the more terrifying. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was terrified of the Max Wax Museum. Yeah. I remember Death used to play the piano. And you see the back of his this hooded figure oh, and, the ske- and the skeletal hands on the piano, and the head would slowly turn round and look at you. Oh wow! And there was a murder in the actual wax museum. A real one. A real murder where um, I think it used to be a, a, a coach house, and in the wax museum they had the a wax museum with the person dead in their bed, and the door opening with a hand on the door. And you think, well, actually, mur- that person getting murdered. I mean, they'd probably die happy in realising that they would be celebrated. <laughs> Their murder would be celebrated in a wax reproduction. You've got something out of it. 300 years later, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you meant there was a current murder, that somebody was killed and then their body was planted within the exhibition. That's not what you meant, did well, you? Well, that's a bit like that German that's bloke, a film. isn't it? That, that, what's his name? The weird German guy who makes those... Oh, which is also now in, in pretty much the same location. Body Works, is it called? Yes, oh, what's yes. he called? Very sinister. Klaus von Vampire. Yeah, he tries to make out like it's not... <laughs> it's only science. Yeah. It's only science. A horrific project. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree. And that's wax, isn't it? All waxed up bits mm. of your body. How disgusting. <laughs> um, but, but, 
Merrick, thank you very much for sharing your Nazi version of Aretha Franklin, um, something we, we didn't expect to see. A pleasure. Um, that also sounds like the plot of the next Tarantino movie. <laughs> well, he'll be listening to this. Yes. We'll know where it came from. If you're listening, <laughs> we know you are. Another quick card from me. This is uh, one of the busiest beaches you'll ever see. Um, they call it the Children's Beach at Weymouth. But... Oh. Um, Plenty of adults in there as well. Yeah. But uh, amazing to colour. Looks like it's from the 1940s. It's actually from 1970. There you go. Isn't it funny? Um, the message on this one is a strange one. Um, as often is the case, it poses more questions than, than it answers. I'm doing nothing else but sort out big dogs and dustmen. It sounds as though someone has uh, left their husband mm. and gone on holiday. She's sick of doing. She's sick of doing. Or might could be male or female. Yeah. But they're sick of doing the household chores. That's yeah. why I go out of it. What did you think? Sick of doing dogs? Did it say? I'm doing nothing but I'm doing nothing else but sort out big dogs and dustmen. If you read it as an irate person, it changes it. Mm. I'm doing nothing else. That's it. But, yeah, it is. Sort yeah. out big dogs and dustmen. Yeah. yeah. You said you'd sort out the dustmen. I was going to do the big dogs. Anyway, uh, this is uh, something calmer altogether. Walton on the Nays. Another little four-way multi-view. This time, um, each one hand-painted skies, I suspect. Um, and it's, it's quite a philosophical comment, I think, this one. Um, there aren't any Rice Krispies but a nice lot of sand. Well, there you are. Oh, see, that's the kind of attitude I like. What do you mean? Just gratitude. It's an attitude of gratitude. There's no Rice Krispies, but there's a lot of sand. Oh, the compensation of the sand. Yeah. Well, they're, maybe they're forced to eat sand. Oh. I can't see an equivalence myself. I don't think it's like a POW type kind of postcard. It looks a little say. bit like a... It it, it's not the friendliest looking beach. <laughs> when, I, when I went on a, my walk around the Isle of Wight, I, walked, I was making a video of it and my brother watched it and I mm. said, this holiday camp looks like a POW war camp. And it was. Oh, because yeah. it had been? Yeah. On the Isle of Wight? Yeah. Wow. From the Second World War? Yeah. But I think all... All, all wars. All, the, all of the <laughs> but wars. But I think all, all those early holiday camps were either... Barracks yeah. or, or yes. POW camps, yeah. Yeah. because they had the buildings. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have the entertainments then, obviously. No. Well, trying to escape, wasn't it? Just digging tunnels. Mm. Um, can I ask you? Do you prefer the traditional one-picture postcard or the multi-view? Because I've noticed you. I never heard of them called multi-views no, before. Same. I like saying it. Mm. Um, good. I don't know. I do quite like the multi-views. I tell you why I like them, because there's a postcard purity to them in that they don't eat, nothing else has multi-views you don't go into the national gallery and see multi well, maybe Warhol. apart from when you're seeing we, <laughs> <laughs> i like all of them equally actually Marek, since you asked all of them equally for me i'm not bothered either way 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the postcard podcast, and my guests today are comedians and actors, Marit Larwood and Suk Odger. And Suk Ojla. You were doing so well, Tom. I know, I'm so sorry. It was a multi-view question that got you. <laughs> yeah. And you relaxed I keep now. being put on my... On my on my metal, <laughs> put on my somethings by, by the Inquisitor Merrick. Um, now, so what's the second card you've got for us today? Is this, is this from your inspiration come witchcraft board? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Not this one. No, so basically, um, I have become a much nicer person in the last six months or so. And if you want to know how that happened, come see my Edinburgh show. Marek knows the secret, don't you, Marek? Meeting me. Yep. And um, <laughs> you've ruined it now, thanks. Um, and whereas before I used to just ignore people when they thrust things in my hand, you know, like newspapers or, you know, kind of other promotional materials, I now um, feel a lot of compassion and empathy for them and stop to have a chat with them. And... I got off the train, so I live in, um, in Gravesend now, and I got off the train and came into St Pancras and a lady came up to me with a clipboard asking me, saying she was from the Kent Society for whatever or South Eastern or something. I was only half listening. I'm not that compassionate. And um, she said, <laughs> she said, don't ask me how I got in and stuff. And it was basically about um, it's some kind of scheme that they've got or they're trying to promote people trying to get people to use more public transport or to, to cycle more or to what have you. And um, I can't ride a bike. So we had a conversation about me not being able to ride a bike. And um, she gave me a whole pack of things. She gave me a free tote bag, which I was very happy about, and with all sorts of maps and what have you in there. And one of the things was this postcard of, where is this? Horseshoe Viaduct in Tindrum. West Highland Lane, Scotland. Amazing. Um, and I quite liked it because I'm go I love Scotland and I'm going up there, going up to Edinburgh this year. Um, also because it reminds me a little bit of Harry Potter, and I know yes. that they filmed some of Harry Potter up in Scotland. Well, it's 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 a it's a 
train going over a viaduct, viaduct isn't yeah. it? I mean, and it's kind of nestled in amazing green landscape. Oh, it's absolutely it's stunning. A, it's a sort of train lover's fantasy, this picture, yeah. isn't it? And also because I do, I do love trains, not in a kind of particularly nerdy way, like I don't know a lot about them or I don't, I'm not a train spotter or anything, but I love being on trains. I love a long train journey. Um, like anything longer than kind of like an hour is just absolute bliss. So what do you do? What's the good bit about it? I, If it's raining, I stare out the window and pretend I'm in a 90s music video. <laughs> um, sometimes it's great just to work. I just find that once, if I'm on kind of transport it's the same with buses as well like if I'm on transport if I'm moving if I'm going somewhere I just I I can write better I think I think more clearly um sometimes I like to um pick one person in the carriage and if it's an attractive man like to imagine our whole lives together do you ever do that no, no, not really. I do. I like to have a little <laughs> fantasy about this person where, you know, we kind of, our eyes meet do over you, the Do you meet trolley. in the train carriage? Do yes, you, do you that's how oh, the story starts. Well, I've also, I wanted to buy the fruitcake and he wanted to buy the fruitcake and he ended up sharing the fruitcake. Yes. Something I mean, like that. that. that I mean, Something as erotic. That's, that's quite a prosaic fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, he just kind of sees what I'm working on on my laptop and starts talking to me or something. Although if that happened in real life, I'd be You'd really be annoyed. Yeah, I'd very, be absolutely be livid. You start looking, yeah. sort of like you'd read your diary. That oh, sort of stuff. no, that's rude. Um, no, maybe it's maybe we just catch each other's eye. Maybe it's just as simple as that and then strike up a conversation. Please don't look at me like I'm a serial killer. Uh, well, this does well, happen outside of London, I'm by just, the way. <laughs> I'm just thinking that so, uh, when I get on the train, uh, I, I makes me think I hate the general public. Oh no! So you I, see... I always try and find the quiet coach, and I yeah. always try and find the the carriage right at the end when there's no one there, and sit at the back. Mm-hmm. And I just think, but train behaviour has got worse lately. And normally they used to run eight carriages on the trains. Now they always run about five, so you mm-hmm. don't get that space, and you end up listening to some businessman having the same conversation over and over again. But well, commuter trains are worse than. The long tra- long distance trains are. Oh, they? I yeah. don't know because it, think? Every, I think this there is a trend for having business meetings on a train, and, and I've heard a lot of that. So I really? actually invested in some noise cancelling headphones last year, and they have been a game changer for me. Because now I can't. I've actually forgotten them today, and I'm furious. Oh. But you, um, they would have got in the way in here. So. Oh yes, that's true. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they've they've really helped. You just block out people. It's fantastic. Sometimes I'm not even playing music in them. I'm, I'm oh yeah, the headphone. They just headphone muffle. device. Yeah, I get very sensitive to people sitting near me. In an empty, tra- I think there's always an etiquette when you get on any empty uh, mode of transport mm-hmm. that you never sit within two. If it's empty, yeah, you not yeah. sit in a seat in front of someone or parallel seats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a standard code of behaviour that yeah. someone you need to calculate. What's the polite distance to yes. be? and then the second... It's like chess, almost. So yeah, the first yeah. person comes on, the second person sits opposite the other end, and the third person sits in the middle. The other yeah. person has to find an equity. That's yeah, normal. Yeah. When yeah. people don't do that, when you're sitting on an empty train and someone comes on and sits parallel to you, I get so furious I can't concentrate on <laughs> What Who on earth sits parallel or in the seat in front on an empty train? But that's all in, in your head driving you mad? Mm. Uh, yeah, so I get so cross about it. It's basic manners. Sorry, I've hijacked your story and made it into no, something horrible. No, that's okay. That's no, that's 
I mean, it was just going to be a really lovely story dreaming that someone lovely is going to come and sit next to her. Yeah. Not next to me. Oh, God, no, no. I don't like people that much. But, like... Three or four seats away. Three or four seats away. And do you know what? I really... I really enjoyed that section in the Metro about Rush Hour Crush. Oh, it's great, as isn't well. it? And I, for years, used to fantasise that somebody would write in about the person eating a cheese and onion pasty <laughs> on their own. Yeah, it's always... About after you. After a show, yes. <laughs> I always feel bad. It's always about handsome people, isn't it? It's never like, yeah. oh, uh, you are that bald, sweaty man. It looks a bit like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was a Swedish model. <laughs> but that, that, the Metro, I remember, I was remember when the Metro started, but I remember being really shocked. It was a bit like finding out that Father Christmas didn't exist or something. When I discovered there were Metros in other cities. Yes. With the same content. Yeah. Same con- oh. So still yeah. London-centric content. No, no. So it would say... Where it has said uh, the uh, attractive bald-headed man who's somewhat frog-like who I saw on the Piccadilly line, it would then say the attractive bald-headed man who was somewhat frog-like who I saw in Piccadilly, Manchester. You're joking. What? I think that's right. I think they just... they just... Did they just make them up? No. No, this is terrible. That's what I... I could be wrong, and you... I could be doing them a div- big no. disservice. But I think it's all right. Everything, isn't everything made up? But it's stolen from um, or borrowed from uh, Time Out. Cause I used to get Time Out. Used to go for the comedy. Um, yes, listings. This yeah. is about ten years ago before Time Out became rubbish. And there was a section there called Once Seen. Oh uh, yeah. Which was the same as the Metro one, but in more detail. But I think that's where the Metro borrowed the idea from. Rude. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I, 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 no copyright on ideas. Exactly. You're right. Well, I, I, I'm sure they're all real. I'm sure they're, real, and I'm sure yeah. that you will both be featured as objects of other people's uh, desire I before hope so. too long. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. <laughs> um, well, thank you for uh, taking us on a journey with that uh, train postcard. I see what you did there, um, Marek, What's the last card you've got for us? Something special, I think. Yes, it's a remarkable postcard. Um, this is the postcard that I can almost guarantee that everyone has received a variation of this postcard. This is probably the most used postcard now in Britain. (laughs) It is, we call to deliver your parcel, which needs to be signed for, but you are not in. And it's left from a neighbour. Usually it's illegible, so you can't tell what number they've left it at. I mean, you think that's the only thing you have to do is to write a number. Mm. Um, if you want to, I always say that the quickest way to measure time is the time between the uh, doorbell ringing and <laughs> the time <laughs> they write that postcard. You've yeah. got literally four seconds. Yeah. And I live up some stairs, so there's no way... I've heard the doorbell <laughs> ring and then gone straight down and there's been this card. That's why it's written, because they write yeah. it so fast. Um, and then there's a 24-hour gap before you can get you can that urgent thing. Yeah. And a queue. I mean, then this is parcel force. This isn't Royal Mail. Yeah, I tried either, to find... So. I think I threw away my Royal Mail one. So normally they're Royal Mail, and you go to that Royal Mail collecting point, which is normally at the furthest point possible. Yeah, from anyone. Yeah. yeah. Open between 8 and 8.15 in the morning, <laughs> or on Saturdays at 10.39. <laughs> With proof of identity. Proof of identity. Yeah. Blood group. Yeah, and, and a really dirty window. Yeah. A bloke who looks as though you've just insulted every member of his family, his mother... <laughs> <laughs> who won't look you in the eye 
one of the most unpleasant experiences ever. Mm. Now, this, this is this a live card? Is this yet to be? No, this is from this is uh, from well, the thirteenth of December. It's not. So they let you keep it. Um, I think it was left at a neighbour's house, number 57. Uh, so so they're the best. You get to keep the card with those ones. Yeah, so this one, they've gone... Actually, part of us, I'm quite impressed. So he's already probably checked 49 and 53 and 55, <laughs> and he's gone all the way down to 57. Because wow. normally... So he probably cared quite but a lot. But if it goes too far, it gets to people who you, you don't know, mm. and then you may never see the item again. Or you, there's one neighbour who's got an awful nanny... He often collects stuff, and she's re- she is uh, and she shouts at, from about half past six in the morning. So I try to avoid ever oh. meeting her. Shouts at the child. She just shouts and sings songs from half past six. Oh, wow. th- so and I have shouted out expletives <laughs> <from my laughs> very loudly, which has caused her to stop. So I, there's quite uncomfortable. I don't want them to be livid. Yeah. To the, um, no, you don't yeah. always have perfect relations with all your neighbours. No. I mean, that would be unusual, I think. Yeah. You know, it's not a perfect world. No, and do you find not... Parcel Force your favourite cards like that, or are there others you, would you prefer? The no, actually, I, prefer, I wanted the, um, the, Royal Mail. the Royal Mail one, uh, but they're, they're all addressed to my girlfriend, so I should bring in this one here. That's not, I didn't know if you took uh, um, photos of them. I wanted, well, I wanted something that didn't have my dress on, so you could <laughs> Trace you. <laughs> all all so the podcast listeners will be queuing up. <laughs> We've uh, we enjoyed your story about the Aretha Franklin card, and we wanted to talk about it further. I assumed a lot of murderers would listen to this podcast. Mm. I really that is our main audience. Yeah. Mm. Yes, we certainly aim at that. Well, look, um, thank you uh, both for for these cards that you shared with us and our um, homicidal listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Very much appreciated. Another quick reminder for everyone listening at home um, who uh, is allowed to listen to things. Um, all the uh, pictures of the cards, suitably um, anonymized, uh, will be on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, uh, including uh, this next one, uh, a last one in the past postcard style, which you'll be familiar with from um, the book, Postcard from the Past, and the Twitter. And, and this is a picture of, uh, well, it's the Isle of Wight. Oh. Uh, and I'm sure... Actually, you stand down here. Perfect. He's good. Fantastic. He's good. His story checks well, out. He's just walked around it, so I'd be disappointed if you yeah. didn't know. Well, this this is this this was this could be made for you actually, Mark. Um, and it's it's a very what it is. So for those of you at home, it's, it's a long beach, long pier, gloriously sunny day. Busy, you know, a good day for the the shopkeepers. The the, the beach is full of people. Mm. Um, and the message I just thought was a bit odd, and I don't I don't really know what it means, but um, nothing changes. Not even the paintwork or the colour of Mr Finney's chest. I don't know who Mr Finney was. I don't know what colour his chest was. Nothing changes. That is Sandown, and that's taken from the beach path, which I walked down about a a month ago. So you're on the cliff looking down. That's when it used to be busy. My friend friend Bruce has a beach hut which hires bikes out just down here. Oh, nice. It's never been... It's empty now. No one really goes to the Isle of Wight since um, the cheap flights came in Mm. to Europe. So it's basically decimated the whole of Isle of Wight tourism. And this is Sandown, which is in a real dilapidated state where all the hotels are sort of... All the paint is chipping off. And it's a, it's quite sad to see a, a coastal town which has lost its... Uh, so how do, they make, how do they make the Isle of Wight fashionable? How do they turn the Isle of Wight into a sort of Whitstable of 
Mm. Must be a way of doing it. The problem is, is that the... Um, I mean, it's getting quite political now. Uh, <laughs> the ferries have got monopolies on the Isle of Wight, so it's so oh. expensive to take your car over. Everyone just goes, do you know what? And we'll just go to France. Yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah. fly mm. to France, and then we're guaranteed the weather. But the weather's always good in the Isle of Wight. Is it? Yes. And oh. actually, that's where um, we filmed part of Victoria and Abdul. Ah, oh, the, 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 the Queen Victoria's house? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Osborne house, yeah. Was that a happy time? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I'd never been to the Isle of Wight, and I was particularly happy because there was always a, a trip in year six to go to the Isle of Wight, and I was never allowed to go. And um, I finally went, and it was a, a lovely thing to go when you're, like, in your 30s and you're there acting alongside Judy Dench. So. Yeah. Did she have nice weather? It was lovely, thanks. It's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the marketing campaign they need. <laughs> I can see you angling for it. Well, before we let uh, Sook and Merrick back to rehearsals, intensive rehearsals, um, I've got just one more postcard for you both. Um, it has become customary for us to end the programme with one of these. Ooh, Have a look. Maybe. Let me know what you think. Look, I'm about to announce the Oscars. Okay. Oh. So this is... Oh, it's a record postcard. Is it? Yes, yeah, so you play it on a... Um, you put it on the... You play it. So is it, is it music from the local area? Oh, it says here Vista Sound on the back. So you put this on the record player and you'd... Mm. Um, and it's probably... I hope it's not scratched. Have you played this yet? Are you playing this at the end of the... Well, Tom in the other room has been keeping an eye on things. Let's see if perhaps with... Bit of work, he can make the old technology. Oh wow! Come to us. I've never heard of this. Oh. It's not in a good state, this one. He's got very good West Country accent, though. <laughs> Scratching. Come on, everyone. Oh, oh, we just sing along to it. <laughs> what's the history here, then? What's he singing about? Whittacombe Fair. Apples. All I can hear is some apples. Yes. <laughs> I think it's probably about apples, this one. I, I'm quite amazed. I'd never heard of this. And I feel I feel a bit goosebumpy. But like... you used to get or magazines used to get rubbish plastic. You've got flexi discs, yeah. but this is different, really, because it's on a piece of cardboard. I think it's, I think it's quite special. I think so. Expensive though. It's probably someone's year's salary for that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Just Marek always bringing us down <laughs> from our nostalgia and our music. A lot of people would go on holiday and come home bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dad, you haven't bought that. Oh. Did you get the um, record postcard? I oh, know, it must have been lost in the post. Oh. <laughs> well, as we reflect on the overpriced postcard records, record postcards, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Suk Hodgler and Marek Larwood. Thank you both. A pleasure to be here. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. 
And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.